Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Got a powerful word to preach to you. And um, I, I, before we get to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 2 Chronicles 7, uh, let me say that we went through a lot of effort yesterday uh, along with a, a number of counselors and people assisting us even legally, to be sure that King's Chapel, Alaska is listed among what is called the essential businesses in the recent, uh, the recent health mandate by our governor, only essential businesses are allowed to be operating. And so we are an essential business and uh, we went through the lengthy process of showing our plan of how and why we are an essential business. And so all of that is listed with the state of Alaska. So we have employees here, so grateful for that. And we have uh, uh, volunteers that are here, essential volunteers, and uh, all within the confines and the structure of the mandate that we've been given. And uh, we've got people driving up. We still have our drive-up church, and uh, we see that as essential, like you would drive up. Anybody ever gone to Walgreens? You ever gone to Walgreens to get your medication or to go to pick up your script at Walgreens? Or maybe you, had a, uh, you needed some antibiotics or something, so you go to Walgreens. Drive-through pharmacy. Well, we've got a drive-through pharmacy. It's called the power of God, the power of his word of people to pray. Six-foot distance, and we pray. We're keeping all of those very, very structured uh, uh, plans of social distancing, but there's no distance in the spirit. That's why right now, those of you online are beginning to get touched and people that drive through our drive-through uh, prayer, prayer time are getting touched by God. And so you can come at any time during the service now and there's people here that will pray for you at the safe distance and the power of God will touch you and you can get healed. We had uh, uh, our, our wonderful sister Christine came through and she uh, is, I think she's on her 11th week of chemotherapy. And they said, yeah, they see Christ, Christiana. And she said, she said, I went for a blood test and they said, my blood is perfect and healthy and strong. They thought they were going to have to give her, uh, you know, transfusions because she had this nosebleed earlier and uh, they had some people pray for her. And she went in and didn't need a transfusion and the blood, the, the blood stopped and her blood's healthy and she's praising the Lord and feeling great. And we're so grateful for that. Come on, you, you can participate in the essential business of expanding the kingdom. It'll never not be essential. If it's essential to have a hospital, it's essential to have a church operating. We'll, we'll never stop. We'll never, ever stop. And, uh, and so we're here uh, under, the, under the confines of the regulations that we have with no more than 10 people, uh, but we have hundreds and even thousands that are online. Second Chronicles verse seven, uh, chapter seven, verse 14. If you're all there, say, woo! All right, here we go. And with two different texts that we're gonna look at. Second Chronicles seven, and then First Corinthians six and verse nine. Let's read this. Second Chronicles seven, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. What will he do to the land? He will heal their land. Go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Paul says to the church in Corinth. 
Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Father, move in great power as you did in the first service, now what you'll do in the second. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated if you're not seated already. The United States of America is facing a tremendous challenge, and it's not just the United States of America. It's every nation just about on the face of the earth. And nations have always gone through painful times and difficulties, and the United States as well. I think about slavery, and it took a civil war to correct that, and thank God that, that, that it has been corrected. And to think about philosophical challenges like communism and socialism that's currently attacking us and Nazism. There's always been challenges. And at every challenge in the United States, and, and let me say this way, at every challenge in Israel's history, if people responded the right way in the midst of that challenge, then God came not only healing, not only forgiving their sin, hearing their prayer, forgiving their sin, he would heal the land. And at any time where there was a plague or pestilence or there was war or there was famine, if God's people would turn towards him, repent, pray, he heard from heaven, he forgave their sin, and he healed their land. I want to talk to you in your hearing about how the nations can be healed. How the nation, listen, nations are made of families. So the nations can be healed. I want you to say that. The nations can be healed. And uh, I'm mindful that here in the United States of America, we're in an election cycle. And every cycle of the elections is important. And I would say that I don't vote Democrat and I don't vote Republican. I vote the issues. And as a Christian, I would encourage you to vote that which is near and dear to the heart of God. Those main things for us in the United States. Listen, the economy was booming until we hit this moment. But the, the main things are basically the abortion, same-sex marriage, and basically righteousness in the land. Without righteousness, you're not going to have a real good economy. And so there needs to be a turning of hearts towards God so that he would hear and forgive and heal our land. And so uh, election cycles are important. And uh, we've all but have forgotten that. There's so much news on, on COVID-19. Let, let's get into this. The context here of 2 Chronicles 7, the context is the dedication of the temple. The temple had been finished. Solomon is the king. And he comes and he dedicates the temple. And uh, verse 1 through 10 is evidence of the divine favor that's basically upon them. And the power of God falls so strong that the priest could not stand to minister anymore. The cloud of the presence of the Lord. Amazing. God's power, God's presence. And the Lord appears to Solomon, and this is a, his second appearance to Solomon, and he gives Solomon a remedy for when a nation is under judgment. He gives Solomon a remedy. He gives him a tonic, if you will. He gives him the, 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 the answer to what to do when a nation is under judgment. Pastor Daniel... Are you saying the nation's under judgment? Well, certainly could be with the amount of babies that we've murdered and causing that which is 
uh, that which is clearly declared through Scripture to be wrong, voting and, 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 and declaring it to be right. You can't declare something that's wrong in Scripture and say it's right because your opinion is it should be. Certainly is possible we're under judgment, yes. Verse 13. I want you to read this with me, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13. This is the New International Version, I believe. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Then he goes on to say, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name. So in other words, what's the answer to when the heavens are shut up and there's no rain? To drought. What's the answer for drought? Revival, turn, turn your heart towards God, pray. He'll heal it and bring, he'll bring an end to the drought. What, what's, what's the answer to a, a, a locust devouring the land? Um, repentance, calling on the name of the Lord, God healing the land. What's the answer to COVID-19? It's God's people turning towards him, calling on him and him healing the land. I'm gonna tell you what I'm believing for. I am decreeing and declaring that by, by, uh, by Easter, this thing will be squashed. I love the illustration of the story that I heard from Africa just this morning. A man of God was preaching in Africa. The rain was so strong on the tin roof where he was, pre where he was preaching that the people couldn't hear him anymore. Wow. So he said, God, stop the rain. And it continued to rain for about 30 seconds. And then it stopped. And people were like, well, if the Lord had really stopped the rain, then it would have stopped right after he prayed. But the Lord spoke to him and said, no, I stopped the rain when you commanded it. It just took 30 seconds to come from the clouds to the rest of the roof before it completely stopped where you were. I'm believing that God is going to cause this COVID-19 pandemic to be squashed by Easter in the name of Jesus. And I believe that will happen in the nations if people will turn towards God, if people will call on his name, if people will repent from their wicked ways and turn towards him, then there's going to be a great healing, a great manifestation of forgiveness and, and power and demonstration and the the healing of our land. Can you say amen? amen? Now the second text that we looked at was 1 Corinthians 6. And 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, it's, a, it's an epistle, which is a Greek word for a letter. He's writing to the church in Corinth and they got a lot of problems, kind of like, like what we have in, in our church. I don't mean our church specifically, I mean church universal. There's a lot of problems. And there has always been challenges in the church, and we need God's word to help us to correct it so we stay on the beam, so we stay on the mark, not a bubble off. Well, the Corinthian church, they had a lot of problems. And their biggest problem was they, were, they, they, they thought they had it all together, but they were deceived. So their biggest problem was deception. And I will tell you that there is deception in the body of Christ. There's neo-Calvinism. There's that hyper-grace movement, universalism. There's all kinds of schisms and, and, and idolatry within the church. This text here in, in 2 Chronicles 7, it says, If my people, not the pagans, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and pray, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Wow, 
So what's the answer to the healing of the nations? It's the church. If there's ever been more an essential time for the church to exist and to preach, to pray, to prophesy, it's now. I, I mean, our hospitals are essential, sure. The government's essential to keep order and do all that they do to govern, but it's so that we can live at peace, says the word of God, and that we can do our job. It's not time to shut the church down. It's time to turn the church on. It's time to plug in. It's time for his people who were called by, their, by his name to humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, pray. He heals he hears, he forgives, and he'll heal the land. That is the recipe for the healing of COVID-19. A worldwide repentance. A worldwide repentance. And the Apostle Paul makes it clear to the church in Corinth about, this, about what wickedness really is. And it's not unlike our culture today. You know, there seems to be the mistaken idea that, you know, if you just surrender your heart to the Lord, that everything's great. You surrender your heart to the Lord, that's the beginning. Then you learn to live for him and you get discipled and you get sanctified and you learn to live righteously according to the word of God. Right. Paul says you're deceived because he says, if you've met Jesus, you don't live the same way. You don't continue in homosexual behavior. You don't continue in idolatry. You don't continue. I, I gotta say this. I, I, I preached a similar message and I'm doing this live. Somebody said you should just rebroadcast and I'm not gonna do that. That's like the lazy way for me. I can't. I just can't because I know there's different people and every service is different. And I know that there's going to be a unique aspect to every service and people that are on right now are going to be different than those who are on at nine o'clock and the Holy Spirit just might. In fact, I didn't do what I didn't do what I'm doing right now in the nine o'clock. I got a text in the in between services from a man by the name of Patrick. Let me tell you his story for a second. Patrick came into the church and years ago, and we were having a special service. Pastor Josh Morocco was on the piano. I think he was like, I don't know, 20 years old maybe. And he's leading worship. And the power of God hit the church. And I don't mean like an average touch of the power of God. I mean like a mighty wave of the Spirit of God. And my experience was I saw a flash of blue come off to the right-hand side. At that same time, people were shrieking and hitting the ground and people weeping and people crying. And at the same time, as that blue flash went by on my right-hand side, there was three uh, cross-dressing, cross -dressing, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know. There, there were men that were, I don't know what you would call those that were men that were dressing like women and they were living uh, a homosexual lifestyle. Well, how do you know they're living homosexual? Because I found out later, they told me, okay? So why that blue flash went across the right? They screamed and ran for the double doors and they bolted into the parking lot and didn't stop running. Went off to the right-hand side and Pastor Josh, I think, fell off the piano, was face down on the floor. Then off to the left-hand side was another blue flash. I believe there were the most likely angels. And we were so impacted. Do you know what happened? That, that one of those young men, his name was Patrick. And he came back to the church and he gave his life to Christ. And he was in every service. And I went on to every service thereafter just about. And I went on to move here. This is 14 years ago, just about. I went on to move here to Alaska and lead this glorious work. Patrick came, became part of the church. Pastor Vince, who was then had taken my place as a pastor there, Pastor Vince told me about the transformation that happened in Patrick. And he, soon he was no longer wearing women's clothes. Soon he no longer had a desire for, for, for men. And, and soon he was living a life 
ordained by the blessing of God and walking in God's power. He's one of our great leaders now. He texted me in the in between services and said, thank you for preaching that message that you even preached back then because when I heard it, it changed me. I've, I've been transformed. I'm gonna tell you, God has a way of being right, a right with God. There are things in God's word that declares right and that which is wrong. One of the reasons we're having so many difficulties in our nation is we have called that which is wrong in the eyes of God, we've called it right. We've murdered babies and said it's my right. We've gone ahead and made sexuality an idol. We've bowed down to all kinds of things. We wonder why there's all kinds of problems. I'm telling you it's time to turn back to God. I'm bringing a message today of repentance to America, to the church. He said, well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm living pretty good. You're up and watching porn up in your room when everybody's sleeping or whatever you're doing. Now you say, oh, no, I'm living for God. Okay, you're living for God. Praise the Lord. So am I. But I'm taking a fresh look at my life. I'm taking a fresh look at my attitudes. You know why? Nations are made of families and all of us need to go deep in God and take a good look to see where we're at with him and ask him to forgive our sin and to heal our land. There's people that are dying in a, in a plague and in every plague in the Old Testament, you'll see how God's people would gather and they would pray. In number 16, Aaron would bring the censer between the two and God stopped the plague. And I think about Phineas in the days of Moses how they, they, they came with the Midianite women and this one leader, Israelite leader, went to sleep with the, this Midianite in the tent in front of all of the tent of meeting and all of the nation, weeping before the tent of meeting. And, and Phineas went and stabbed them through and ended that act of violence. I'm saying a spiritual violence needs to come in this hour of history. A spiritual violence needs to come into your heart, come into your home so that we can see the nation healed. I'm telling you, the answer is not a vaccine. I mean, I hope they get one and I hope it works. The answer is people turning their heart back to God. God is able to squash this thing in a moment. In one moment, could end it. And I believe that if we'll stand, declare, preach, pray, and prophesy, and model what it is to be a people that, that, that humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, I believe that we're going to see a great revival. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? Oh, he lists this behavior. It begins with sexual sin there, 1 Corinthians 6. And I talked about homosexuality, two different kinds, passive and active homosexuality. But he, he lists other sins too. Theft and greed and drunkenness and slander, the way that we, that we behave with others, slandering people, swindlers, thieves, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what I love is verse 11. You say, well, Pastor, you just wiped out the whole church like everybody. Yeah, I know, but verse 11, is, verse 11 is the home run right here. And that's what some of you were. This is 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. And that's what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Pastor, how does that mean to us? I mean, what does that mean? That means that basically the remedy for the nations, the remedy for the United States of America is to face these issues that we're in and take them personally, examine our lives and repent and give our lives to Christ to turn from our wicked ways, to turn from sexual immorality, to turn, from, to turn away from that. And our, our nation has turned away from God's plan for sex. There's nothing wrong with sex. Come on, all the married couples say, hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with sex. 
It's, it's, it's a covenant act. It's to take place under the bond of covenant forever, till death do us part. And that act of oneness between a man and between a woman, it's a beautiful thing. There's three reasons for it. Pleasure, producing children, and number three, for oneness. It's, it's a mystery. It, it really is a mystery. The, the two, no longer two, but now one flesh. What God has put together, let not man put asunder. So sex is supposed to take place under the covenant of forever. And the tragedy is in America and all over the nations, the nations of the world, is that sex has is, is, is just become some, some, I don't know, entertainment and, and manipulation. And there's even people that are demanding civil rights over, over uh, same-sex marriages. It's not a civil right. Not according to scripture, it's not, but we voted that now it is. And in California, you're, it's outlawed. Reparative therapy is outlawed. So it, can you imagine with our friend Patrick, if, if we had not preached a word, he would not be free. And he texted me to tell me, thank you so much, Pastor. He texted me today. Can you imagine if we didn't preach it because we were scared or nervous? Not scared and not nervous. The church is the answer. Reparative therapy is where they would bring people together that were in bond, you know, counseling for those in bondage to homosexuality or sexual confusion. And through counseling, they would bring somebody out of that into being healed. It's outlawed now. It's outlawed in California. And so you can see how that then, then become basically a limiting of our, our spiritual, our, uh, religious freedom and telling us that what we're preaching is a hate crime. I'm going to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned about them mandating the vaccination. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned. We, you need to be very careful that we don't lose religious freedom. That's why I fought so hard yesterday along with a whole team of people. I fought hard yesterday to make sure we're an essential business. We're not closing. We will not close. I cannot before God close. It's essential. Why? Because you hearing this message right here, you hearing the word of God, you said, well, you could have done it from your home. Yeah, I could have done it from my home. That's true. But all of our equipment is here and it's way better, way clearer, much bigger, broad uh, bandwidth and all of that. And I am just trying to obey. If they ever come down to saying, well, you're not gonna meet anymore and you need to take the mark, I'm gonna tell everybody to pound sand and have five services a day. I'm not backing off because what we're doing is essential and it's actually the key. It's the key. It's the solution. It's the remedy for healing the nations. Listen, COVID-19 or no COVID-19, you're going to die. And if you don't have the remedy of the blood of Jesus over you, then you're not going to end up making it to heaven. You say, well, that's a pretty intense message. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's what the word of God says. Our, our religion is now, you know, we have freedom of religion now, but that might change. I, I, I don't know. All of us need to repent. Everyone needs to repent. That's the answer. It's the solution. We all need to repent and humble ourselves before the Lord. Hallelujah. The key for healing of America, the key for healing the nations is the church. It's always been true in, in biblical history. It's still true today. We must not allow our passion and our fire to go dim. It's time to get fired up. It's not time to shrink back and fear and hide in some cave. I believe in social distancing. We're honoring all of those things currently. They say that you can't meet anymore and you're going to hide and take the mark. Yeah, No. Luke, pardon me, Acts 4 says, 
you know, you, you, far be it for us to obey you rather than God, you judge. We, we have to obey God. We will continue to obey God. Don't allow your light to grow dim. Don't give in to fear. Let's humble ourselves and pray. We got to proclaim and receive Jesus. Got to proclaim salvation to the lost, to the hurting, to the broken, and, and to receive Jesus. The nations can be healed. You say, how does that happen? Through repentance and through living for Jesus. All across this place, those online, those listening now, and even at a later date on Spotify, on YouTube, on the podcast, if you're not right with God, it's time to get right with him. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, well, this is a service that you should do that in. Do it now. What are you waiting for? You say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. And the enemy will make sure that you're never ready. So you just come to Jesus as you are. Come as you are. Give your life to Christ. And let him transform you like he did for Patrick. Let him transform you. I don't know what you're struggling with, but I know a God who's able to heal, able to save, able to restore, able to deliver. It might be drug addiction. It might be some sexual confusion. It might be anxiety and fear. I don't know what it is, but I know this. God is able to set you free. And in the setting of you free through your repentance and receiving Jesus, he brings healing. America needs to turn back to God. That's the answer. Is it that simple? It was always the answer in the Old Testament. It's still the answer today. We will see this thing back off and change. Some of you have watched so many science shows that it's in interfered with your faith. Some of you watch so much secular TV and science. Well, you know, unless the thing mutates and, and, and God's able to stop the rain in Africa. He's able, to, he's able to end plagues now. And I'm just telling you, here's where my faith is. I'm praying that there's such a wave of repentance and revival that people wake up and turn from their wicked ways, call on God. He hears their prayer. He forgives them and it'll heal our land, that there's such a wave of repentance that our land gets healed by Easter. I'm praying, I'm not saying it'll all be over by Easter, but I think as we talked in the lobby, one of our essential volunteers, as we talked in the lobby, it could take 30 seconds for the rain to stop hitting the roof, but I'm believing that by Easter, as our president said, I think he was prophesying. Bam, God would cause that thing to mutate because his people who were called by my, they're, they're, because of Second Chronicles 7:14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, pray, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will hear their land. Won't you give your life to Jesus today? Would you bow your heart, bow your head? If that's you, pray this right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to live for God. Let me pray for you that he would fill you even now. Holy Spirit, 
right now. Touch people, fill people with your power in the name of Jesus. I break off fear, break off anxiety. I break off sickness, infirmity, and disease. And we lift our voices before you now. Come on, pray for the end of COVID-19. Pray for the nations. Pastor Karen, would you come and pray for the, pray for the nations, pray for healing, pray that this plague ends, pray for healthcare workers. Come on, we've repented. Amen, he's forgiven our sin. Now we're gonna pray and, and pray for the healing of our land. Come on, pray. Father, we thank you for your power. And we ask right now that all over the nation, our state, the nation, and the nations of the earth, Lord, let your power be released. Lord, in hospitals and homes where people are struggling with this wicked plague. Jesus, would you come? We thank you that you paid the price for, uh, for healing. You paid the price. And we just pray healing. We pray for protection over every single person on the front lines. Lord, every worker, doctor, every nurse, all of the first responders. God, people working in the service industries that that are providing essential services for people. God, we're asking, release your power today. And we ask today for this, this, this plague. This plague, we, we cry out now Cause it to that end. this plague would be snuffed out in the name of Jesus. The Let your church Jesus. rise and continue to fast and pray and turn from their wicked ways in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.